Star Wars 7x7 episode 3156. Retrieval is episode 10 from season 2 of The Bad Batch. Today we're going to do our breakdown of the episode, which doesn't go the way you'd expect, and it also features one of the most breathtaking moments of the series so far. Punch it! Hey Rebel Razor, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So we're going to do this with a five takeaway breakdown situation starting with the overall look at the episode. So this turns out to be kind of a two episode story arc similar to how we just had that with the mid-season situation but very much unlike the first two episodes of the season which really felt like it was just one episode that was sliced in two. And it actually takes a bit of a surprising turn. I think maybe the first surprising turn is that it wasn't just the Bad Batch off on another mission entirely because that's what they could have done after the previous episode, The Crossing. They got in touch with Sid and said, yeah, I'll be there in a few days. And that could have just been the end of it and they could have moved on to the next story. But instead, and by the way, we are in full spoiler territory for the episode, so there's your fair warning. Instead, we get a story of how the Bad Batch got the Havoc Marauder back. It wasn't lost forever after all. We also happen to get a story that just happens to be pretty darn timely. I mean, it's kind of timeless in its way, but also very timely right now. This mine that the Techno Union used to be running until they were forced out after the end of the Clone Wars and this guy Mako decided to take it over however he managed that. You pretty much know where the story is going to go the moment that Benny, the thief of the Havoc Marauder, tells the Bad Batch that Mako had to lower wages just to keep the mine running but hey at least they all have jobs. <laughs> And that is going to be the focus of our deep dive episode tomorrow. But you know that something is not on the up and up with Mako for sure. And so, of course, the Bad Batch are able to infiltrate the mine and get their ship back with all of the stuff. And they're also able to open the eyes of all the boys who are working for all intents and purposes, as slaves for this guy Mako to the truth of what he's been doing to them and all's well that ends well. For a second takeaway, I'll start by flagging the fact that this episode takes place about a day after the events of the previous episode or the ending of the previous episode where they've called Sid and Sid said, ah, I'll be there in a few days. Well, in just one day, the Bad Batch is able to recover their ship and now they don't need Sid to be coming for them. We've been talking in previous breakdown episodes about how the season has been offering us foundational elements to prepare us for the breakup of Sid and the Bad Batch. And this is another situation where we have another puzzle piece to just mix the metaphors. It turns out that even when they thought the Havoc Marauder was lost, they were still smart enough to figure out a way to get it back and without Sid's help. And Sid, on the other hand, has been just more of a complication for them than anything else. And I suppose you could try to draw a parallel between what 
Mako is doing with his minors and what Sid is doing with the Bad Batch, but I don't know how well it holds up because Sid hasn't been shown to be greedy in the same way and exploitative in the same way that Mako is in this episode. And the Bad Batch has also not presented themselves as particularly concerned about money and about getting by. I mean, yes, they do know that they have to take these jobs in order to have fuel and have food and have shelter and whatnot. But they're definitely not experiencing their economic situation in the same way that the kids are in the mine here. But still, it's another case where Sid is really just looking more and more like she's more trouble than she's worth for the Bad Batch, especially if they have other options to pursue. For a third takeaway, I'll talk about the pairing of Tech and Omega in this episode. Their dynamic was central to the previous episode, The Crossing, and it was nice to see that dynamic supported in this particular episode. There are a couple of great moments, like when Omega has the idea of tracking Gonky instead of the Havoc Marauder, and Tech says, oh, ingenious idea. Like he actually gives her the full positive feedback instead of saying, hmm, that might work. Like he actually gives her something a little bit more emotionally, which is terrific. And then she supports him when he says, okay, you know, our infiltration point into this mine is that steam shaft and they've got 60 seconds to get down it. And she says plenty of time, like she's supporting him and what he's putting out there for this mission parameter. And then finally, at the end of the episode, when and Omega has her reflection about how it's not just the Empire. There's a lot of people like Mako that they've encountered in the galaxy. Tech is able to actually have an emotional conversation with her and meet her where she's at at some level, a certainly a further level than he has previously by saying, you know, but there are also, you know, people like us out there and that's got to count for something. And it's also a nice echo of what happens with the rise of Skywalker and Lando showing up at the end of the Battle of Exegol and saying there are more of us. So yeah, it was great to see the creators of the Bad Batch recognizing the success of the Tech Omega relationship development in episode nine and continuing to build on that in episode 10. For a fourth takeaway, I'll have to say that my one frustration with the episode was one of those head-smacking ones when they let Omega go off with Benny to you know, get the code to bring down the ray shield. I mean, I'm practically... <laughs> <laughs> yelling at the computer, oh, come on, because you know something bad is going to go wrong. And the particular reason why I was yelling at the computer was because the Bad Batch should know that something is going to go wrong in this scenario. Benny has demonstrated that he just wants to get away. He doesn't want anything to do with them, but he's also shown throughout the course of the episode that he still wants to get in Mako's good graces, at least, you know, up until the very end, of course. And so he has no incentive at any point in this episode to help the Bad Batch. He really doesn't. It was only a matter of time before he did something that would get one or more of them caught. And you would think that the Bad Batch has been in enough scenarios where they might have realized this. So I feel like this is one of those situations where the storytelling of the episode is supposed to provide enough narrative drive where you just kind of go past that one and accept the fact that, oh, this is just basically what has to happen because it has to put Omega and Benny in a scenario where Omega can show some you know, genuine human kindness or species kindness, however you want to put it, uh, by 
by sharing her rations with Benny. Maybe just kindness. <laughs> Maybe I don't need to say human or species. Just some general, actual, honest-to-goodness kindness to Benny. And is also able to find out what Mako has been doing all along. But for a fifth takeaway, that happens to set up one of the most breathtaking moments in the entire series. So one of the things that we talked about in the previous episode about how Omega has been having difficulty with Echo's departure and needing someone to talk to about it, for Hunter, he is the most emotionally available person in the Bad Batch for her, but he seems to not have had time for her, like busy dad, basically, that sort of thing. But we establish that there is still a great deal of trust between Hunter and Omega. There is a still a very strong connection. It's demonstrated by the fact that Hunter says, you know, don't let Benny out of your sight, but he trusts her with this mission, and Benny is even surprised by that level of trust being given. And so the flip side of that comes in the climactic finale when Mako tells the droid to throw Omega off the edge of that pit. Hunter shoots up a grappling hook and the trust that Omega has in Hunter is so incredibly great that she you know, is able to flip around and grab the droid and yank the two of them off of that broken bridge and plummets to her doom but she knows that hunter is going to catch her like that level of trust like i don't know if you can see this on a video version but the hair on my arms is standing up as i'm telling you about this like just thinking about it in my head the the leap the execution of the story leading up to it the way it was animated just everything about that was just the breathtaking is the word that I keep coming back to. It really just took my breath away when it happened. So those, I think, are the big takeaways from Retrieval, which is episode 10 of season 2 of The Bad Batch. And as I said earlier, we will dig deeper, no pun intended, to the whole mining operation situation on tomorrow's deep dive. But for now, that is going to do it for this episode of the podcast. It just remains for me to say, thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. Star 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited by their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.